Hey guys, John Faulkner here. And with everything that's been going on for the last year and a half, you know, I really got to thinking like, what else could we do with Firearms Depot? And, uh, you know, I sat around and I thought about what this industry meant to me and other things that I'm involved with. And Modern Alpha Life started uh, kind of springing up in me. And so what I decided to do was to start a podcast and uh, interview friends, not only in the gun industry, but all different types of walks of life and adventures, um, and really get back to uh, hanging out with people that I love, that do amazing things for amazing reasons. And uh, I couldn't think of somebody better to sit down with uh, for our first episode than my good friend James Yeager, who is the owner of Tactical Response in Camden, Tennessee. I've uh, been training uh, employee, uh, been training students there for over a decade. They've instructed over 80,000 students since they started. And uh, I've, been, I've been to many classes of James's and his uh, phenomenal staff that he has up there. And so while we were at SHOT Show, we had a couple extra minutes from the floor. So we came up into our hotel room and uh, I just decided to sit down and if you guys don't know James, introduce him to the Firearms Depot community. If you do know him, uh, you're going to probably sit back and laugh because James Yeager is James Yeager. Um, his his one-liners, his zingers, um, his, his attack of life, his fundamentals, um, and what he has always loved in the training community. Uh, so we just took, you know, about 45 minutes, sat down. Uh, had some laughs um, and and just you know had a great time. So I hope you sit back, uh, relax, and enjoy this podcast or video that um, I have my dear friend James Yeager on. Hey everybody, John Faulkner here with Modern Alpha Life, and today joining me the man himself, Mr. James Yeager from Tactical Response. <laughs> Thanks for having me. So um, it's always great. We run into each other a couple times a year. I come up to Camden as often as I can, uh, tactical sponsor alumni, and uh, this man right here is, is salt and pepper of the earth. Oh, wow. You know, you got a little spice in you too, okay? <laughs> Not just I'll salt. I'll take that. Um, but but if, if there's anybody out there that doesn't know about tactical response, um, it hit, is... Hit yourself in the head with a hammer. There you go. And then go take a tactical response <laughs> class. Um, okay, I saw some numbers the other day. We have to talk about this for a second because they were mind-blowing. 2021, over 5,000 students ran through tactical response. 5,019. 5,019 in one year. Yeah. And that's the max that I allow. Right. Like, we cut classes off. Like, uh, in 2016, we had 6,700 in Maryland. Who yeah. You know, I said, yeah. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> that was like having a real job. Right. Um, and since you started, mm -hmm. over 80,000? 89,000. 89, students. 20, this is my 26th year. Have taken a tactical response class. That's mind-boggling when you talk about this, this sector. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so, and there's phenomenal instructors. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and I will say, there, there's something about James, there's two things that I love about you more than anything when it comes to training. Number one, if you are a reputable trainer that James thinks individuals can learn from, you pretty much open your facility for them to come yeah. and teach classes. Mm -hmm. That it like nobody does that. Like no. like there's so many people that are like this is my range, my hole, no one comes into it. Well, two two things. One, it's mostly uh, selfishness because I want to train. Right. Right. <laughs> and sleep in my own bed. But this year, John Farnham, Don Edwards yep. for three classes. Yep. Um Tom Gibbons, Craig Douglas Southnark, um I mean, is Pat making it there? Not this year. Okay. Um, but anyway, so yeah. about half a dozen yeah. this year. Instructors come and use his facility for free to, for, to teach their classes. And um, like that's, that's mind blowing to, to this sector. The other thing that I, I, I mean, there's so many things that I truly love about you, but I love 
you two, you take so many classes yourself. It's that never ending educational student mentality that you have. So as we film this, it's the third week of January. Yep. The second week of January, I took 250 at gunsight. That's crazy. Oh, the third came here. Yeah. And how many weeks are you, are you on the road this year, 2022? In January, three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> you can wrap out the month on the road? Last year, 46,000 miles. Where you put on your truck? And some on a motorcycle. It's <laughs> Jaeger goes through Dodge Rams. Yeah. Like like most people drink milk. Uh, you know, you usually don't get to the expiration date before you gotta get a new one. Um, so, you know, I've taken multiple classes at your facility. Love every single one of them. Your instructors are are amazing. Uh, the the eclectic group of I'm gonna call them knuckleheads. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and and listen, I think all successful businesses have knuckleheads. In we, them. We you are, have to be like-minded. Not everyone will get this reference, but we are the, the bad news bears <laughs> of firearms training. And, and, and they all have their, their corks, but they all are there for the student to become better. Like I'll tell you one, um, if you don't know Tim, you got to take a <laughs> class with Tim. Uh, I think I was taking away the pistol. And I'm running an M&P with an optic. And I mean, this is years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, and Tim says, hell, boy, you see that little group you're shooting? And I was shooting a nice group, about 10 yards. I'm shooting a nice group. He said, well, anybody could do that with that blaster. Like, you need to pick it up. So next time fights yelled, man, it, it grew just a little bit. And Tim stood right there and he said, hell, boy, with that blaster, you should never shoot a group that big. <laughs> Like, but, but it was his way of, of always pushing mm -hmm. people and, and, and every single student is given those little individual mm -hmm. touches, you know, um, and, and that I believe is just so impressive about tactical response because it's 5,000 students. It's not like you have two classes right. and you're like, boy, I don't get burned out at all. Of course you don't. You teach two classes a year, <laughs> but 5,000 students and every single one of them gets that kind of connection with the instructors. And it's funny because we have literally had a housewife and a SEAL in the class and both can work on that was a great class. Right, right. Yeah, and, and, and you know, and it's one of those things, your facilities, let's talk about that for a second. Some new facilities. Well, kind of new. I just bought it, but I've been leasing it on yeah. and off for 20 years. Yeah. But yeah. So what improvements are you have made, wanting to make, and, and what that kind of evolves into as far as classes and we stuff have, moving forward? We have added some ranges. We're working with uh, with our friends at AR500 uh, targets. Um, sorry, shoot steel. Got AR500 yeah. armor and another channel sponsor in my head. Uh, shoot steel for a jungle walk. Okay. We're going to do that very soon. Stuff like that. Yeah, and, and if you've never been to this facility, I mean, it's pretty much a big U and yeah. down one whole left side. I mean, it's just bays upon bays and you make the turn and that leads you to the long range and uh, where vehicle classes are, are taught, uh, DMR classes are taught, mm -hmm. shotguns along the berm mm -hmm. or just pistols. No, just pistols. The bays. Yeah, the bays, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about tactical response. We're gonna continue down this road. What are the classes that you offer? Fighting pistol. Pistol, rifle, shotgun. Yeah and uh, contractor classes, low light, building clearing, a bunch of team stuff under the HRCC umbrella, uh, medical classes, force on force, that. And then you can, and then you can find the three day and five day classes. Mm -hmm. So way of the pistol, way of the rifle, which are a combination yeah. of those classes, but really walks a person from like fighting pistol all the way to a force on force in-house, mm -hmm. you know, shoot house. Um, I think it's the best bang for the buck training there is. Way of the pistol oh. is is yeah. mind blowing. Take a notebook. Um, and I will say there's one thing that James instructed me, you were probably the first one to ever say it. Uh, and I've seen you follow it before. Go there with an open mind mm -hmm. and do what the instructor says. Even if you don't truly yeah. agree with the technique, do it his way. And I've seen James take classes where you're like, that's not technically how I usually hold or how I usually reload. 
but you continue to do it to actually see the theories and the principles that they're trying to put in place. And and I think when you get that mental grasp, it keeps people uh, it keeps people from being stubborn also and just bullheaded and no. like this is how I do it, this is how I've always done it, this is how Grandpappy did it. Well, you know, that's how I began because I was like I don't want to do it that way. And as a young man, at some point, I thought to myself, I am paying right. this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm wasting my money if I don't do what he says. So it kind of, that was a long time ago, it kind of freed me up. Just uh, like, and I mean, besides your knowledge bombs, I mean, in Tim's uh, way with words. Timisms. Timisms, yeah. I mean, it's it's a, it's a it's such a well-rounded group of individuals that, that you've put together. Um, and, and I'm telling you, every single listener and watcher out there, um, if you're not near Camden, Tennessee, where Tactical Response Headquarters are located, you guys travel, how many states are you in in 2022? I don't know. Florida, it's, it's probably Pennsylvania, over. Idaho, New Mexico, Arizona. Um, I don't know. Like, <laughs> There's a state near you. Like, uh, yeah, pack your shit, yeah. pack your shit, get in your truck, and, and make it to a Tactical Response class. Um, so with, with your, with your business out of the way, let's talk training. I know you are a, a key component on, it's more about the person and the mind than it is the gear. It's more about mindset, tactics, skill, gear. Yeah. And that's how, and that's how your classes are structured in that format. When did you start developing that model? Because it goes against most. Yeah. That, Others. that, okay, I'm a thief, right? All good instructors are. That is 100% Masad Ayub's mm-hmm. Hierarchy of Survival Principles. I read that the first time, maybe in the 1980s. I don't know. So long ago, it's just mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. And it just, boom, just stuck. And so that has kind of been... You know, kind of like, you ain't first, you're last. You know, (laughs) it's been like that for me. It's kind of been my my compass for all these years. So, sorry. No, and and it really fits into how your instructors teach. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever you bring, you bring, we fight with it. Mm -hmm. The end. Um, And and that's the key word I see also in a lot of your guys' training is the word fight. Mm -hmm. Turning, taking good people, showing them how to fight and kill. Bad people. Right. We, we, begin, <laughs> we begin, well, I say I teach good people to kill bad people. Yeah. But we begin the dr- drills with the word fight. And uh, I don't know why people haven't stolen that from me. Because I hear them say, you know, up and gun and, you know, things. I'm like, no, fight. We're here to fight. Fight! You know, yeah. like, that's what it should be. Yeah. What, um, what really drove you into the training sector? So I was a cop, yep. and I became a cop, 100% truth. <laughs> Funny you said this. 30 years ago today, I swore in. Wow. As a cop. All right. And um, I became a cop because Tennessee didn't have carry permits. Okay. So that was your I, way around I, it. I literally became a cop so I could carry a gun. Promise. Uh-huh. And so I worked undercover from... January 1992 to 1996. And uh, in 1996, I came out of undercover, started doing patrol work, but that was the year Tennessee got carry permits. And I began teaching commercially that year doing carry permit classes. That grew to, because I had taken in that four years, tons of classes. Mm Free cop classes. Cops always have to yep. free. So SWAT schools and officer survival, all kinds of stuff. So I, I was, and before I became a cop, I had been shooting the USPSA and got up to um, USA, USPSA people will be impressed with this. I got up to B class with a Ruger PA-5. Okay. Towards yep. me, USPSA go, what? <laughs> uh, so, um, that that grew 
And to, hey, can you show us some other stuff besides a carry permit? Then 1998, thanks to another Tennessean, Al Gore, we have the infamous Al Gore. I can't even say it with a straight face. Um, I got on the net, and there was this place called Glock Talk. That was the end of it. People, my gun's shooting low left. Oh, it's you. It's not the gun. You know, right. That was the end of it. So you, you did a little bit of work overseas. Mm-hmm. And then? 2004, 2005. I mean, I've done work in Central and South America, but mm-hmm. but uh, Iraq, 0405. And then came back, and then it was full-time tactical it was, response? It was already full-time. Okay. The company uh, ran without me just like it's running without me right, right. now. Right, right. And how many... How many people did you have at that time? Uh, Full time, four. Four. And how many do you have now? Um, eight. Eight. And it's and these eight do the work of many more. Well, plus I have a bunch of adjuncts. Right. And, you know. and when you started truly going full time into it, did you think it was going to still be here today? <laughs> Here's the thing. People say to me, what was your plan if this didn't work? Right. Uh, I've never met a successful person that had a backup plan. It was it. That this was what you it. were going to do. Yeah, full steam ahead. Yeah. And and that's where, you know, I think it's one of those things where you start looking at it. There are a few, and you talk about Clint Smith, things mm-hmm. like that. There are a f- very few legacy spanning decades training facilities and and training units that are still around i'd say just gun site right yeah i mean and and it's it's impressive to see what you've built um you know from from being there um for the last shoot five six years i don't even know how long it's been um in even the growth that you know since then and um seeing everybody that you bring in, like it's it's cool to see. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fun. Middle of nowhere, Tennessee. I all, say middle of nowhere. All shooting ranges. In the middle of nowhere. <laughs> go, go to Gunsight or Thunder Ranch. Yeah. So, like <laughs> Thunder Ranch is the only, driving there is the only place I've ever been with a full tank of gas and spare gas cans and thinking I might not make it to the next station. To the next station. There's a... Uh, you know, but when you look at it though, over these over these last couple of decades, what do you think has changed from the students you used to see back then to today? Well, I'll, I'll talk about the, the guns first. Yeah. So when I started teaching in the '90s, no war, and cops carry shotguns. Mm-hmm. So the first few years, I maybe did a couple of carbine classes, but tons of shotgun classes. Right. And then 99 Columbine happened, and of course 2001, uh, 9-11. Yep. So rifles came to the front. And then sometime in 2002, there was some bearded, tattooed contractor, SF guy, on the cover of Time Magazine with the AK. And so before that, AKs were like comedy guns. Right. But boom, AKs came forward right there. And we probably didn't teach a shotgun class from 2004 until Magpul came out with shotgun socks. Magpul has this cult following that is amazing. When they came out with those shotgun stocks, people say, great, now I have to buy a shotgun. Yeah. Yeah. Who wouldn't want that as a business? Right. <laughs> um, but as far as the people, um, same people. Yeah. Yeah. Just there's more of them now. And and I think that's one thing that a lot of people don't understand in industry. You take like, like right now, ammo, it's starting to come back a little bit. There's still production to supply demand issues. Um, and I try to tell people all the time, it's not necessarily you and I that are saying, well, we've got to go from 20,000 rounds in storage to 50,000. It's the fact that there's millions of more gun owners yeah, that are just buying 1,000 rounds. But if yeah. you get a million people to buy 1,000 rounds, that's a lot of ammo, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and people always want to like, oh, these guys are just hoarding more and more ammo. It's like, no, there's just more and more of us yeah. that are buying right. ammo. Um, 
you know, and I, I always find that that a weird, you know, like what I've seen as far as a student over the last decade is I almost feel like there's more of a of a reason almost to do more training. Like people can start to see, okay, it's not getting better next week. It's not mm-hmm. It's not. It's continuing in whatever it is. You can fill in the blank. It's continuing, like females, women. This is well, becoming more, more and more, more and more and more. more. We have more single females mm-hmm. coming. Like the husband didn't want to, or there's no man or or, right. or woman, whatever. They come by themselves. And tell everybody you love women more than men, as far as students. Uh, For the most part? Women listen. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure, they're better students. Women want to know how. I can show you how in 10 seconds. Men want to know why. And to justify why to a stubborn male could could take years. Right. Yeah, and that's, I think that's one of the things um, I've always seen interacting with you. You always want to know the why mm-hmm. also. But then when people want to know the why from you, they don't want to take your knowledge. Like, And that's what being a student is all about. Trying to learn from somebody else's knowledge so you don't have to make mm-hmm. the same mistakes they did. Cheat codes. It's, that's all it is. And it's funny because I've seen you personally, somebody like, what do you think about this? And you're like, it's junk. And they take it as like, oh, he just doesn't like that brand. He doesn't like that model. It's because you've seen so yeah. many students come through, yeah. so many experiences, so many breakages, so many stoppages, and you're like, it's junk. Well, the, the, the end. But they want to know the why again. People, well, but people use the word like. Well, he doesn't like that. Right. It's not like. It works or it doesn't. There's no like yeah. there. Yeah. It, and it's, it's black or white. It works or it doesn't. It's a reliable or it's unreliable. Um, but it's funny because, like you said, the men, they, but why? Mm-hmm. But the why? But the because it's unreliable. Yeah. The end. Like I get these uh, questions on live streams or whatever they say. What, you know, whatever. What's the best gun and why? <clears throat> I'll say you know Glock 19, and you have to pay me for why. Right. I don't work for free. I, and and I try to tell people all the time like, if there was one of anything that was the best, there would only be one. Yeah. The, the end. Different reasons for different people, for yeah. different occasions, for different... If, if a Dodge Ram was the best truck, there'd be no Ford F-150, mm-hmm. there'd be no GMC, there'd be no Chevy. The end. Um, and that's why it, I, I always get with people and they're like, why do you... Like, they want to think. And most of the time, it's so funny and you know it just as well as I do. They're trying to get their own reassurance yeah. and affirmation mm-hmm. of what they, they just bought. They, 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 they and it's like, does it work for you or yeah. not? Like. Go for it, you know? Um, holsters always cracks me up because people are like, oh, what holster works for I'm 6'5", 220 pounds. Just because it works for me, it doesn't mean it's gonna work for you when you're 5'6", 130 yeah, pounds. Yeah, but I hear this all the time. I can't hide a gun because I'm too skinny. I can't hide a gun because I'm too fat. <laughs> like, stop it. Yeah. S- stop wearing women's clothes <laughs> and you can hide a gun. Put your sister's pants away. Yeah. <laughs> um, just like a man. And while we're talking about it, men don't wear shoes that make noise. <laughs> like flip-flops. Men don't wear flip-flops. If you're at the beach or shower, that's fine. But like out in public, you shouldn't wear flip-flops. All right, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. How about Crocs? They don't flop. They don't make sound. <laughs> but Do Crocs fall in there? But they're Crocs. Do Crocs... If you're single and wearing Crocs, you're going to stay single. There's a reason you're single. <laughs> <laughs> See, I just take that philosophy and I'm married, so you know, I'm just keeping all the other women at bay. Yeah, they, right. they know. Exactly. He, he's already taken. It's like a wedding band for your <laughs> shoes. For your feet. Uh, all right. One of the other things that I have learned so much from you over the years, EDC, mm-hmm. everyday carry. I feel like you are... I'm gonna say one of the front runners for carrying a complete kit. Oh yeah, it's no, more than the, a gun. The front it's runner. more than a gun. The front runner. It's more than just a knife. It's a complete system. Where did that really come from? 
being a cop yep. and working in remote areas by myself. Are you saying like undercover cop or just regular All street of, patrol? I, I was by myself as right. an undercover cop. But even when I went into patrol, I worked in a rural county. Could be a long time for backup right. or help. So I was kind of always, what can I carry on me to, you know, in case. Yeah. And, and, and talk a little bit about... I want to say making it work, making it easy work, being well, able to to fit it on. Because a lot of people just say that's a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the end. Yeah, right. Um, it's about commitment, just right. like anything else in your life. If you if if you want to work out, you commit yourself to it. If you want to be married, you commit yourself to it. I mean, it's just that. You yeah. Know? Um, like I wore a full-size pistol, a spare mag, a knife, two flashlights, a backup gun, and a medical kit. And probably some other shit I'm forgetting. Mm-hmm. But, you know. It's, and, and this is every day. Yeah. Not right, most daycare. Right now. Every every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I mean, I'm, there's things, like I've taken, like, it, it just, it clicked on me one day. Take your pants off at the end of the day, put them on the chair. Mm-hmm. Your pants are always ready to like rock and roll. A, like a fireman. In the next morning, if you're changing pants, right. take everything Ch- out of the pockets, them, yeah. change them, put it in your pants. Um, and when I heard that, I was like, brilliant. I mean, we had we had an incident where um, our shop was broken into, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm on the phone. You know, cops call me. There's been a break in. Um, I jump up out of bed. I had some gym shorts on. I threw on a t-shirt. I showed up. And it's like two hours later, and we're family here. I'm like, I don't even have underwear on right now. I have gym shorts. Right. That, that's it. I mean, the cops handled everything, but it was, it was at that point I was like, I'm not ready for anything, N- nothing at all, other than getting back in my truck and going home. You know, um, to where when you have like just your pants laying on the back of the the chair or wherever you put it, you can slip those things on, and right. your kid is mostly right. ready. You know. Besides that, I also keep hanging near my bed a shoulder holster because I think it'd be awesome to stop a burglary completely naked but with a shoulder holster on. Two, two, like Miami Galco no, Classic? Just, Are you going yeah, Miami Galco Classic? Jackass rig. Okay, okay. Yeah. What gun goes in this? We're going to go down this rabbit hole all the way. <laughs> Glock 19. Okay, we're not going to go bigger. We're not going to go anything bigger just because we can because no, it's a shoulder I, rig? I, no, I've had this rig since I was a cop. <laughs> I can see the headline on the newspaper oh, yeah, now. Where did you see the picture? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's going to be so many good clips out of this. There's going to be so many good snippets. Um, you know, and, and when you talk about EDC, it's all the time. How how do you convince people to get to that point? First off, EDC, if you use hashtag EDC, since we're here in Vegas, yeah. this is pertinent. It also means the Electric Daisy Carnival, which is a big rave they have here in that June. That is true story. If you hashtag it, yes. Either, so yes. either way, yep. purple-haired, yep. purple-haired rave kids or... <laughs> or gun guys, guys like us. <laughs> it's, it's an eclectic mix. Um, here's the thing. People that don't want to carry, I, I don't try to convince them. Right. Um, <laughs> unless I love you. Um, and so some of the people I love, my kids and stuff, I think they, they're into it, don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. I think they began because, well, dad said, so I'll do it because dad said. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I tell folks, you're either going to carry your stuff and save your life, or if you live through the thing, you'll carry after. Mm-hmm. It's true. <laughs> it's true. And how, when you see your classes, you kind of try to instruct people. It's kind of a run what you brung. Mm-hmm. Don't show up with a battle rig. Right. When that's the only time you've ever worn mm-hmm. a full wool yep. rel, you know, with a drop leg holster. Um, I've taken every single one of your pistol classes. 
appendix holster, yeah. mm -hmm. one spare mag, mm -hmm. mostly in my back pocket because mm -hmm. that's where I, I carry it every day. Um, uh, in a, is it a wild tactical <laughs> sleeve? Um, and that's it, the end. It's the same gun that I... If you don't train with your carry gear, you don't know if it will right. work. And there's all those small things that could happen. This yeah. button got caught, this thing. You have to. And that's where, you know, I mean, oh. James, like I run a big gun, full size M&P uh, with an RMR and an X300 on it. It's, it's a big gun, I'm a big guy, it works. Um, but that is, a, that is a gun that I'm confident if something were to happen. It's not like, oh, we're out with our wives on a dinner date and I'm carrying a nice little LCP that I've really never done anything except for, I uh, kind of saw where the sights were one day and then I put it in you know, a sticky holster and that's where it's lived. Um, do you see, and, and I think this is the next kind of question I have for you. Do you see firearms being more directed to to EDC. Oh, of course. Like these these new subcompacts, these you know thinner. Yeah. You know, and every company is doing that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you see that being more prevalent in your classes? No. Like, not. are you seeing more forty three Xs and forty eights and three sixty fives? Or We're you seeing some, but we've always had a percentage that carried a small gun. Yeah. You know, um, the most common is a Smith & Wesson shield, for mm -hmm. sure. Sometimes, I, I, I have this guy that's big, he's tall and he's big, carries a shield, uh, it, his hand, right. I'm like, bro, you should carry a bigger gun. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, but what happens is, men are so lazy and lazy. undedicated that they, uh, they want to carry these tiny little guns that hold 50 rounds and like carry a real gun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right now, what's your favorite go-to gun? For what? <laughs> I'm, Just, I'm carrying a Glock 19. Yeah. And on my ankle, I have a Smith & Wesson shield. Some people say, why not 26? And show the matter. Quit watching movies. But I carry the shield because every person in my family can shoot the shield. Yeah. So you're using it as a gun that you could hand yeah. out, lend out if you needed to in a situation mm -hmm. because you're already taken care of with your Glock 19. Mm -hmm. Makes good sense. Well, that's the main reason you should carry a backup gun. Right. Not it, to arm you again. <laughs> right. People are like, if they shoot the gun in your hand or, you know, okay, but to arm somebody else. How... What trends do you think you see now that are continuing? I mean, red dots... On pistols. Yeah, that's that's here. Yeah, it's staying. I hate it. What makes you hate it? Um, because you you are red dots offer even the people that teach red dots offer no advantage at ten or seven yards in. That's where gunfights happen. Like nothing beats excess big dots from zero to 20, 20 feet. Nothing, mm -hmm. and that's where gunfights happen. So optimizing your gun for the long shot that everybody talks about is a, first off, any gunfight's an anomaly, but but the odds of some citizen needing to make a 50-yard shot and need the red dot for that, I do it big dots, but whatever, is a infinitesimal. Right. Uh, optimizing <laughs> your gun from for zero to 15 feet or 20 feet mm -hmm. should be what you do. And nothing touches iron sights, especially big dots in that distance. What do you see trend-wise in, in the carbine side? PCCs mm -hmm. are popular. They're gonna stay here for a while, even though I think they're horrible. And if you're gonna carry a rifle, carry a damn rifle. Right. Um, that's the thing. Um, you guys have that, I meant to buy some before I came, the uh, 7.5 millimeter ammo. Yeah. That is a yep. badass cartridge. FK Verna. I've got one. Yeah. And it's a laser. It's, fucking, it's a laser beam. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's been my favorite product in the last year for sure. Yeah, it's a... Uh, 
If you guys don't know, uh, company FK Burno, B-R-N-O, um, created a, a pistol around a cartridge, the 7.5, which I'm going to say it looks like a 357 SIG. It's yeah, a bottled, neck down, bottled, bottled neck down, but it's a it's a big boy cartridge. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's a, I'm going to make up numbers here. It's right around a hundred grain bullet, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, At 2,000. No. 224? It's like... Yeah, I mean it's up there. It's a, it's a moving it's a moving bullet. Um, you know, we I've used it hog hunting um, with with some lasers and, and red dots. Um, but it's I see it as what a, a three fifty seven sig should have been. <laughs> right. All yeah, right. Like for sure. You took another cartridge and neutered it to make it try to do something that it was never going to do. For sure. Um, um, the the uh, new three hundred what. Uh, that new cartridge handgun. Right? Oh, the thirty care, thirty super. Oh yeah, the thirty super. <laughs> we had a long discussion about this with somebody else in the night. Go ahead, give your two cents. No. Thank you. <laughs> it's you're going from a hundred and fifteen grain. I'm going to say nine mil to a hundred grain. Forget it. Right. It goes right back to the three twenty seven, the they, federal three twenty seven. They can't make nine mil now. They introduce another cartridge. They yeah. can't. No, the answer is no. And the reason the reason why some companies are trying this is to get two or three extra rounds in pretty much the same size magazine. They're a, a thinner, uh, not as as wide as a nine mil. They're a little bit thinner, but you know it's one of those things where it's supposed to be that intermediate cartridge between a three eighty and a nine. I don't remember anybody ever asking for an intermediate cartridge between a three eighty and a nine. Is the bottom right? Like, the no answer no. <laughs> I mean, but they, they, federal tried this a couple years ago with the federal three twenty seven, mm -hmm. so they could get a seventh round in pretty much a mm -hmm. six round cylinder mm -hmm. size revolver. It didn't work then, so. Now we're thinking it'll work in a semi-auto. Answers no. No. Dots on 10 mil. <laughs> I'm a fan. I love it. Even though it's kind of, it's crazy. I thought it was gone for good in the last like three or four years. It's been kind of a resurgence. Yeah. And, and I'm kind of quietly going, yay. But, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it, it's still too expensive because not enough is loaded. And they're not loading right. hot rounds. Right. But I mean, you get like a Glock 40. Mm -hmm. I love a Glock yeah. 40. Have, like a Glock 40 MO. It's, it's, the only, it's the only Glock 40 that I recommend. <laughs> now I've got one of the red dot. It's awesome. Yeah. they And that's a moving bullet. Like mm -hmm. you start getting some... Buffalo bore. Buffalo bore or, or some barn, hot barns rounds. Like that's a smoking, mm -hmm. smoking round. And that FK Bruno shoots 10 mil. Yeah. Do you have a 10 or do you have a 9? I've got all the barrels. Okay. That 10 mil, I love the way a 10 mil shoots out of that thing. Like it's a beefier, mm -hmm. solid slide. Mm -hmm. Like it just, it cycles nicely out of that thing. Um, what about, so, all right, we went we're, down the- we're all over No, the place. yeah, that's what we did here. That's what we did here. Uh, we went down the rabbit trail of, of good and bad pistol cartridges. Let's go carbine. Okay. You're, you've, you've come around a little bit to 300 blackout. It's still niche. Yes. And now my friends at Gorilla have come out with a 8.6. 8 yeah. Come on, Gorilla. What the fuck are we doing here? It'll be interesting. <laughs> See, okay, I, I shoot quite a bit of 300 Blackout, but I shoot it like nobody else. I don't shoot any subs. Because other yeah, than yeah. like, who shoot this and it's dumb. Yeah. I've... I've never been able to effectively kill hogs with pretty much any sub load. I mean, and when I say effectively, I mean one shot, they don't move, they drop. But when you get like 110 grain barns or the chaos uh, mm -hmm. rounds from, from Gorilla, like that, we've both seen it. Mm -hmm. They don't move. Yeah. They're, they're done with. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I think that the 300 blackout gets confused. It's the confused teenager, I think, in the carbine world. People don't really know what to do with it, you know. It's like the it's like the goth cartridge. <laughs> well, you, you see these people. It's, it's just well, you see these people trying to like run subsonics out of a 16-inch 300 blackout right. barrel. You're yeah. like, 
Right. If it doesn't have a can on it, it's yeah. wrong. Just right. stop, run supers. Um, what are your thoughts on, I mean, we, we won't, the, the 8.6 is, I think, intriguing. Uh, which it's it's similar if anybody knows what a 338 RCM is. Uh, it's, no. a, it's a 338 bullet and pretty much a neck down 300 wind mag. The one in three twist is intriguing. Is that what it is? That's what it is. The barrel's that long. So, I mean, it is, <laughs> I mean, the RPM on this thing is ridiculous. And that's what they're trying to get this, when it hits, this expansion that is mm -hmm. a ripping fan blade pretty much at that point. That's what it, I think intrigues intrigues me. I'm not super intrigued about the bolt guns chambered in it. <laughs> the semi-autos. It's a it's a SBR. Yeah. Bolt gun. Bolt gun. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen them before in, in special places. I mean, yeah, you know, they have a use, but. Three hundred eight. Where do you land? I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Here's here's my hierarchy. Yeah. Two two three. 308, 338, 50 cal. I don't need any of the rifle cal. 6.5, Creedmoor. Nope. Come on. Nope. That's my nope. go-to, mm -mm. above 308. Okay. <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see what happens when the dust settles. Um, here's the thing, 6.5s are great. If you need to hit, wait a minute. If you need to hit this at 600, yeah. 308 does it cheaper and better. Right. If you need to hit that, you have to have six five. Yeah, yeah, and and I think it's one of those things. Let me just say this. Go. If you're learning to shoot long range, uh, six five barrel lasts thousand fifteen hundred yeah. rounds. Three or eight barrel five to eight thousand rounds. So learn. Yeah. On a three or eight, then figure out what else you want to do. And don't buy a new gun. Just buy a new barrel. Mm -hmm. Just just replace the barrel, yeah. guys. Yeah. You don't have to buy a new gun. Learn the gun, flip the barrel, flip the cartridge. Um, I think ammo companies are trying to figure out how can we capitalize on a new cartridge every year like we do in the carbines in pistol. Let I think me, that's where like this 30, me, the super king's coming from. Let me explain to you my position. It took me years to come over to 300 blackout. Mm -hmm. I still don't use it that much. But the thing is, I'm not saying I have a lot of ammo, but I have a lot of ammo. Right. And when I add a new caliber, I have to fucking do a bunch of shit. Like backup parts, just yeah. to, like, so for me to add, like the the difference between three, uh, 308 and 6.5 is so small to me yeah. that I just skip that. So 223, 308, 338, 50 cal, fuck it. The end. Ah, for me, yeah. you know, plus if I have to, you know, shoot somebody very far away, I'll just drive in there and stab them. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a sniper. <laughs> we leave Jay for that. Yeah. Like, let Jay do that. We'll, we'll get it within pistol or carbine. Jay, the only difference is Jay will stalk up there and stab Right. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see us coming. You won't see Jay coming until he's behind you and you feel his breath on your ear. Right. Maybe he'll spit on your shoe or something. Um, when... When you start thinking about training at other people's facilities, mm -hmm. is it just what you can fit into the schedule or is it what you are wanting to actually improve? So, uh, like, um, first off, it's a combination, but I always pick the things I'm not good at. Mm -hmm. So like my first class at Thunder Ranch was high angle rifle. I'm not good at long range shit. And when am I ever gonna shoot off a mountain? Right. So, so that's what I took. I live in Florida, we don't have any. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. So uh, like gun sight, it took 250 because like us, I want you to take fighting pistol first. That's kind of their thing. Mm -hmm. But if I went back to gun sight, I would take a rifle class. One of the things I've always been impressed with with tactical response is most trainers are known for that one thing. Mm -hmm. That they're one little niche, you know, they're one little sector where tactical response covers such a broad 
spectrum. I mean, everything from a, a pistol to a, a bolt gun, shotgun. But pay attention. I don't teach stuff I can't teach. Mm -hmm. No knife, no hand-to-hand. -hand. Right. Like, there's other guys I recommend. You bring them in for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like Craig Douglas, yep. another guy I'm hosting this year. I forgot about Craig. <laughs> you don't want to forget about Craig. No, it's just like, there's a bunch. Yeah. You know? when, when you see, and we're at SHOT Show here, yep. for those guys that don't know. Um, when you see, you know, things like, like new products and stuff here, mm -hmm. do you think it intrigues people to train more when they see new products? Or do you think it intrigues people to just buy more Buy more stuff? shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I think, I, I feel like that's one of the, the things that a lot of people don't put the two connections together. Of buying something to improve a system or an ability. Mm -hmm. See... A lot of companies like don't have or promote training. Right. You know, like obviously you do. You know, you promote it and things like that. But like, uh, you know, nobody ever says, "Hey, let's go take that class at Smith and Wesson." Right. You know, I'm just using yeah, them as yeah. an example. And so, I think that that makes people think just. It's about the gun. I have so many people come and train, and they'll say, I had one guy tell me, I have 107 handguns, and it's my first class. And I said, why? He said, I have to be honest. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. And he took the class, you know, born again Christian. Now, y'all, this is the greatest thing ever. I saw him again a few months. I said, hey, how's, the, how's it going? Any new guns? He said, no. He said, sold them all but two, bought ammo and training. And, and that's where, I, I mean, we talk to people about it all the time. They're like, oh, I wish I could afford a real nice bolt gun, or I wish I could afford night vision or thermal units. Like, sell half the junk in your safes that you haven't shot in years anyways. Sell that stuff, and you can actually afford that plus training. Here's the thing. I don't think, I know it's my idea I was first, but I don't think anybody else does it. We actually have a layaway for training. Yeah. And I don't know anybody that does that. Right, right. You, yeah, 99.9% .9 are pay up front, mm -hmm. the end. When you, when you decide that you're gonna bring, because you bring very few classes in, like you, you introduce very few new classes. What you've been doing has been going on mm -hmm. for a long time and you've been perfecting it, modifying mm -hmm. it, changing it mm -hmm. as times have changed. What is the decision to bring something in? Well, here's the thing. So I have my bread and butter, fighting pistol, fighting rifle, those. There's some other classes that people think are new, but I'll, I'll teach them for a year or two, take them off, put some others on, teach them for a year or two, mm -hmm. then bring those other ones back. So um, as far as like new curriculum, the only thing I've done that's like like brand new shit is uh, I did a one day revolver class because I'm into revolvers. Right. <laughs> one day uh, a scout rifle type class, two day version because I'm into those. Yeah. And uh, but as far as like like legitimate like tactical stuff. There's only so much you can do, you know, pistol, rifle, shotgun, bolt gun, you know. Do it, do it. Yeah. <laughs> what's your, uh, what's, what do you like to take when you're on the road the most? I promise it's more about um, picking that class that... Challenges you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, and I think that's what's hard for a lot of people. They'd rather just not. Let me just go do... Mm -hmm. the same thing that I'm good at with somebody else and mm -hmm. kind of look good again. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. Um, I thank you for your, your service to, to this part of, of the sector and for doing it for, for so long and for so many people. Um, anything else you want to say? Yeah. Go for it. No. Um, and this is not me being mean, but there's a whole bunch of military guys that have gotten out and are teaching, and they're great guys. But I was watching this 
used to be was this one that said he invented commercial firearms training in 2008. And so these guys who are not part of the gun culture right. go into the military and they get out and think that they're the first ones ever been here. And um, so I'm like, okay, hey, you want to look around? For, for new viewers that haven't heard, tell the difference between the gun community and gun culture. The gun community are a bunch of politically correct, bootlicking uh, subjects of the king. The gun culture is people that were born into this life that are warriors that believe in the Constitution and are willing to fight for it. That's why I wanted him to say it, because I wanted his his words on it that I've heard. Gun community's bootlicking pussies. There you go. See? Um, all right. Before we wrap up, I do it with everybody. Fast fire, rapid questions. Oh, God. Here we go. Never prepared for it. You ready? <laughs> yeah. All right. Favorite rifle? Uh, Air 15. Favorite food your wife cooks? My wife doesn't cook. <laughs> I knew that one going into it. <laughs> Favorite motorcycle? Uh, wherever I'm on. All right. What's the next trip that you really want to go on on your motorcycle? In July, my brother and a bunch of us are going to ride out west, New Mexico, Colorado, and around. The whole western swing? Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And then if you could leave one word of advice to all of your grandkids that you love so much. Um, there's so much. Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's so much. Um, persevere. There you go. I like that one. I like that one. And I will say, your post of Caleb. Yeah. Taking fighting pistol. Yeah. Was awesome. Yeah. Because three, three alumni ago, uh, when he was shooting my 22 rifle, mm -hmm. and like couldn't get it out of his hands, mm -hmm. I was like, can't wait yeah. to see that. That was so well, so first, cool to the see. The first one he took was the medical class about a month ago. He said, "I want more, I want more." You know, this is his first one, so now he's boom, he's hooked. So before we leave, tell everybody where to follow you, where nope. to find it. If you are too stupid to find <laughs> me, I don't want your fucking money. We only train smart people. We'll end with that. <laughs> we'll end with that. <laughs> Guys, I appreciate you uh, watching and listening. And uh, be sure to subscribe to wherever you're watching or listening to us. And um, go find this man. Type in in. <laughs> you know what to type in. Go do it. James, I appreciate you being here, yeah, man. as always. Um, and I hope everyone at home has a fantastic day. See ya. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Modern Alpha Life. I appreciate you listening. And if you've gotten to this point, make sure that you hit that like and subscribe button on the video or on our podcast. It really helps us be able to get our message out. And it really shows us that you're ready for more episodes. And make sure that you add a comment below. Put in things, that, uh, topics you would like to see us cover or people that you would like to see us interview. And we'll try to get around to those. From John Faulkner and the rest of the crew, I appreciate you listening to us and have a great day.